Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the Reimagine Success Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference and change the way we all view success. We've had the privilege of interviewing so many amazing, talented, and successful guests. Each one of them experienced success in their own way. We want to change how society views success by inspiring you to live your best life and celebrate your successes no matter what that looks like, big and small. Success looks so different for everyone, and we want you to reimagine your success. Welcome to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. Welcome back to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. Hey, everybody. Hope your week has been amazing. We've just come off of a pretty intense couple days ourselves. We're ramping up our businesses and and really doing a lot of work in every every aspect of our lives at this moment. Oh, yeah. There's so much going on, and it's incredible the amount of work that can be accomplished when you really put your mind to something. When something happens and you're just like, you know what, all of your focus is on this one particular thing and you are just gung-ho and going to make it happen. Yeah. Especially when you kind of put away the other distractions, the things that were keeping you from your dreams. And like, you're like, all right, this is the time we're pressing forward. We're doing this a hundred percent and just going for it. That's kind of where we've been uh, last little bit. And it's been really awesome. It's been a lot of fun, like trying to figure all this out and and work as a team together and it's, yeah. it's just been it's been a really pleasant experience yeah and if you want to know what exactly we're talking about then you need to head over to our patreon account head over mm-hmm. to patreon.com slash creative global and you will understand the backstory of everything that we are talking about right now <laughs> yeah then also you'll get tons of bonus content you'll get extra episodes you'll get stuff that we are not airing for the general public that came from our episodes You'll get mm-hmm. uh, music from me. You'll get previews of Melissa's comic books, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff on there. So for less than a cup of coffee per week, you're going to want to subscribe to. Actually, a or, month. I'm sorry, a month. A month. It's $5 a month. It's a cup of coffee. So yeah. just give us a cup of coffee and we'll be good. I mean, just don't get one gallon of gas and <laughs> you'll you'll have enough to get our Patreon. Totally worth but it. But no, for. we appreciate you guys. We love you guys so much. And we are so excited to share all the successes. Uh, we actually are about to start a section where we share successes. So if you have a success story, we know that we've been getting them through email and through uh, social media, but we would like for you to actually record your success stories and send them over to us um, either at reimagine imagine success pod at gmail.com, uh, social media, however you would like to, but if you want to re, uh, record that either audio or video, send that over to us and we'll make sure that we add that into the episode. Yeah. We love uh, celebrating everybody's success. That's why we do this podcast. So, yeah. uh, with that, we've got an unbelievably successful guest this week that we're super excited about. And, uh, he's somebody that Melissa's known for a while, but Jay Plyburn is currently a morning news anchor for the ABC affiliate in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but he's current originally from West Virginia. As a child, he was raised on the stage and took part in countless theater productions, but his career eventually placed him in front of the camera for the better part of 15 years. Jay has worked as a journalist for news stations in Texas, Arkansas, Georgia, and now Michigan. Jay also remains actively involved in the performing arts. He has a recurring role on The Resident on Fox and can also be seen on Insatiable, the Netflix show. 
In a prime example of art imitating life, Jay plays a journalist on both shows. <laughs> when he's not acting or reporting the news, Jay is honing his skills as a producer. He has produced two TV pilots and a short film, and he's currently producing a feature. In his free time, he enjoys traveling with his wife and enjoying the great outdoors. He also loves to cook and spends much of his time in the kitchen experimenting with new recipes. Some of Jay's other hobbies include mountain biking, backpacking, and washing dishes. That's an interesting <laughs> hobby there, Jay. So welcome. welcome to the podcast. And I don't even know what free time you would actually have. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is some, some weird stats there when you put it all together like that. And uh, I do love washing the dishes. That's, that's a true thing. Hey, that's ev- awesome. Everybody has something. Some guys like to get on the lawnmower and just ride mm-hmm. for hours. You know, some mm-hmm. other guys apparently like to get behind Something the sink and just very satisfying about cleaning dirty dishes. I have a process though. You should know things have to be in their rightful place, but I can make it work in any sink situation. As long as there's running water, the dishes. <laughs> That's awesome. So you've got like a neurosis about like where your sponge has to be and the sinks nah. have to be piled just right. Yeah. It's not so much a, a neurosis. Um, it's just an organizational aspect, I guess, of stacking the dishes to the left usually, and then moving mm-hmm. from left to right to the right. wash station, the rent station. Yeah. And, yep. so and then the dryer, you know, let yeah. them dry. My wife loves it though. She doesn't have to touch the dishes. <laughs> so it's been weird for me because uh, in our old house, we had the left sink had the garbage disposal. The right sink was kind of where I would stack the dirty dishes. And then on the right of that is where we would dry. Well, now our drying stations on the left and uh, all our sinks are like kind of backwards and it's, it's messing up my whole routine. It's just insane. (laughs) It's chaos. It's chaos. Enough about dishes though. (laughs) But we do love our new house. So there's nothing else to say. It's okay if it's on the left. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) But yeah, Jay, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, where you came from and uh, every about where you are to now okay um so as mentioned in the the bio there my story begins in west virginia mm-hmm. um i grew up there both my parents are from there um i was a little unsure of what path i wanted to take in life both of my parents are entertainers they met in choir they do musical theater church productions all this stuff so my brother and i were raised with a very sort of entertainment mindset. Um, Mm. We were constantly auditioning for local commercials, local uh, stage productions. And I ended up doing show choir in high school and all this. So I knew I kind of wanted to uh, try to bring joy to the masses through entertainment somehow, whatever that looked like. Mm. Um, I I went to Marshall University in, in Huntington, West Virginia, which is where I grew up. And I wasn't sure exactly how to go about doing what I wanted to do. So I was getting a, a business management degree at first, and I ended up getting into an acting and modeling conference, conference down in Orlando. Um, and I met with a talent agent there who changed everything. He said, this is great that you're focusing on business management. There's a lot you can do with that. But if you really want to entertain, maybe you should study theater or mm-hmm. broadcast journalism. People forget that Denzel Washington studied broadcast journalism. Brad Pitt studied broadcast journalism. And so this was just like, okay, I want to go back and learn about the camera and how to present myself in front of it. Because if I'm being quite honest, the theater folks that I grew up with were some of the weirdest individuals I've ever met. And I thought that is not the path for me. I'm not weird enough for them. All respect in the world to them, but I just didn't think they would accept me. Um, I, I just didn't think I was weird enough. And so rather than taking the theater route, I took the journalism route specifically to learn about the camera and how to be comfortable in front of it. And 
the thought originally was I'm going to move to Hollywood after I'm done with college and I'm going to be the next action movie star or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But reality set in and the news industry just kept offering me good jobs. So fresh out of college, I actually worked a radio gig there in Huntington for a while first doing a midnight to 6 a.m. shift. That's where everybody starts. Yeah. The wonderful overnight shift. And I enjoyed radio. But um, eventually, within within a year of graduating college, I had the opportunity to move away from my hometown there in West Virginia and try my hand at TV news. So I was hired as a at the time, it was called a one-man band reporter. Now they just use the term multimedia journalist, which really just references a person who does absolutely everything. They mm -hmm. are um, the boots on the ground interviewing people when something happens. They're setting up the interviews if nothing is happening already. They are the ones who write, edit, shoot, produce, and then put their face on TV at the end of the day and try to look good telling the story. Yep. So it's a, it's a complicated job, this MMJ position. Um, they hired me to do that weekdays and weather on the weekends, which still seems weird to me because I have no training in meteorology. And they told me this was, this was West Texas, by the way, Midland, Texas, my first news job. And they said, you don't really need to know much about the weather because the weather doesn't really change here. It's just hot and dry most of the time. And so I was like, okay, that's today cool. is can, hot. Today is dry. It's hot, yeah. yeah, it's hot again today. Happy, happy Tuesday. So, um, so I, I jumped in and, and learned what I could about the green screen, which is kind of weird. You know, everything's yeah. Reverse backwards yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i had a lot of fun with it um and early on out there within the first six months the opportunity to anchor came along and that's kind of the highly sought after on-air position with any mm -hmm. news station so I, I jumped at the opportunity to do that it went really well and they made me the weekend anchor so i i still was filling in doing weather they can't call me a meteorologist because i don't have a degree in meteorology mm -hmm. so they called me the you know weekend forecast or a weekend weatherman or something. Um, so I continued hustling as a reporter through the week and anchoring on the weekends, occasionally filling in, uh, doing weather. Before it was all said and done in my three years out there, I got to do news, weather and sports. And I put together what I thought was this fantastic reel for my next job. And the agent that I signed with said, this is going to confuse people. They're not going to know what you're really doing. If you can't do news, weather and sports, these are three separate, separate. divisions within yeah. media here. You got to pick one. And so I, I, I can't explain exactly why I went with news because the news of the world is crazy. But mm -hmm. um, I stuck with news, put together a newsreel, and it launched me to my next job in Northwest Arkansas, where I was a weekend anchor there um, through a unique series of events, got fired from the ABC affiliate there and picked up by the local CBS affiliate, offered considerably more money in the same market to be the main morning anchor. And so I thought, okay, oh, wow. this, this worked out very like well. like no brainer. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a no brainer at the time. And so I did that, had a really good experience um, in morning news there, albeit a crazy schedule. Um, I did that for a few years there. And then I transitioned out of it because of a lot of different things happening at the time. All of a sudden we were hearing these terms, fake news and journalists mm -hmm. couldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of frustrating on a daily basis that the time and effort we put into telling stories that people would, would not take us seriously or would not trust us. We, you know, historically we're this trusted source of information. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, depending upon what, what station you were watching, people were saying journalists can't be trusted. So I bailed out. I said, this is not, what I thought I signed up for. Yep. I'm going to pursue mm -hmm. my dreams. And so I moved to 
Atlanta, Georgia, the land of opportunity for actors, I was told, you know, because of all the massive productions happening in Georgia now, and um, hit the ground running, met Melissa within the first couple of months on yeah. the set of Ozark, right? As Ozark, yes. Um, I was actually telling Jesse today about Ozark and I was like, yeah. it was so fun because we got to do like a gala scene yeah. and mm -hmm. it was a lot of, you know, friends. And so we we're just at a party hanging out with all the lead actors and um, uh, um, uh, uh, Jason yeah, Jason was actually the, uh, he was the lead actor. He was also, uh, directing, directing the, shot. the episode. Yep. Yep. Directing the I'll was, never forget that because oh. talk about a dude that was in his element, the, the yes. lead of this successful show mm -hmm. also directing everyone yep. else on set. That was yep. such a cool thing to watch. Um, and of course, Laura Lenny doing yep. her thing in there. I, I'm just, I love the show. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm sad it's over now, but yeah, it had a good run too. and I was glad I got to be some, some small part of it. And a funny follow-up to that, when that episode finally came out, cause I think it was like the premiere of the next season, right? It like was, the yes. first episode, mm -hmm. um, I watched it. It was just a fraction of a second that I was on screen, but one of my friends texted me and he said, did I just see you in an episode of Ozark or maybe <laughs> it was days later or something? I said, I don't know how you saw that. You, you must've really been paying attention to the background extras. Um, so that was, that was a proud moment that, that, um, that I got to be in a scene with the, the, the wonderful Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds a lot like my first movie experience. I, I did, um, red notice on Netflix oh, okay. and, and, uh, literally you see me in the bottom left-hand <laughs> corner of the screen. <laughs> I'm there for, like you said, a fraction of a second. I'm sitting at a table. I was supposed to have this great big part, part of the band. They hired me as a cellist, um, you know, to be a part of the wedding band. And then they reshot the scene mm -hmm. a different time with a different group because Ed Sheeran couldn't be with us. And they it was like him. COVID. Was a whole, and, yeah. whole thing. And so like, when I realized I was cut from that scene, I was really bummed, but I, I had my two seconds one, one second of being in there i was like i made it yes <laughs> success there it is yeah. oh man it was God my first bless. film my first film debut so i was gonna be really bummed if i just got cut all together but at least i got in for a second god bless the people who do the background work because those are long grueling days oftentimes mm -hmm. for very little pay and the payoff sometimes you're in the scene sometimes you're not um but you dedicate you know, eight, 10, 12 hours in some cases. So yeah. needless to say, that was, that was a good experience on set that day and, and clearly uh, made some, some lasting relationships um, considering we're sitting here chatting now, you know, I don't remember what I did after that necessarily, but um, I just, I just started auditioning. I, I got involved with an actor studio, Nick Conti's professional actor studio in Atlanta. Yeah, no, it's been no. there for a long time. And I auditioned for Nick. I was super nervous, but I had rehearsed this monologue and he had a beginner level, uh, an intermediate level and an advanced level class. And he said, if you want to come into the advanced, you got to audition for me. You got to answer some mm -hmm. questions. So I went through the process and I got into the advanced class, which again, I look back and I'm like, thankfully I was prepared because I just, I, I kind of had an idea of what he might ask about concerning Meisner and different, different acting techniques. Um, and then I, I had a good monologue. So I had a great time studying under Nick Conti uh, and, and the other teachers there were really great. And I just auditioned nonstop as, as actors do. Um, the, the big get came in the form of The Resident. Uh, it pays to know people in this industry, right? Yes. So I had started dating a girl whom I'm now married to uh, and her cousin 
is the creator of The Resident. And oh, wow. she's the, the lead writer, Amy Holden Jones. She's had an excellent career. And so at one point in Atlanta, Whitney and I were falling in love. This is part of our love story. And there was an opportunity that looked like it may take me away from Atlanta. She had a very good, high paying corporate job in Atlanta. And there was an opportunity on the table for me to, to be, um, and I don't remember the, the title exactly, but it was an on-air personality with QVC, which is based out of, it's near Philadelphia. I don't, New Kensington maybe or something, but somewhere. Yeah, it's up somewhere. north. I've had that opportunity and I turned it down because it was so far away, but it's such good money. Oh my gosh. It was, it <laughs> yeah. was a quarter million dollar contract. Yeah, and, it was, and it was doing something that I think I'm pretty good at just being on camera, talking about different things. Mm-hmm, so I went through, products. I did like, um, I did a phone interview that went well. They did a, a Skype session with me that went well. They flew me out to New York for the big audition. Meanwhile, Whitney's thinking, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy's going to leave. I fall in love with this guy. He's going to leave. So she reaches out to her cousin, unbeknownst to me. She reaches out to her cousin through email and says, hey, I really like this guy. There's an opportunity maybe for him in Pennsylvania. Do you have any connections in, uh, in the industry here? He's trying to find his way as an actor. So Amy responds and she says, I can't just put him in a show, um, but if they're ever looking for something that he fits the bill for, we'll, we'll see if we can get him an audition. As luck would have it, a couple months later, they were looking for a news reporter on the show, a journalist. And so I got the email saying, hey, we'd like you to audition for this role. And I said, okay, this is, this is something I know very well. I've done this at that point, you know, 10 years of my life dedicated to TV news. So I auditioned, I actually had a full beard at the time, I auditioned with the beard and I, and I got the notice. They said, okay, you booked the part for, it was like one or two lines. You booked the part, but we do need you to shave the beard. Uh, which of course, of course I've shaved the beard for this <laughs> right. opportunity on a net, you know, on a, on a, uh, a Fox show. Ironically, at the same time, I had been called back into the actual TV news business. I had, I had just uh, agreed to start a job as a news reporter with the NBC affiliate in Atlanta who was going to let me keep the beard. I had interviewed with them and they said, you can keep the beard, it's fine. You're, you know, you're a news reporter, you can have this awesome beard. So the actual news job did, didn't care about the beard. It was <laughs> the portraying a journalist on TV that required me to shave yeah. the beard, which I've always thought was funny. And I yeah. actually, my first day at WXIA, the NBC in Atlanta, my first week actually in-house in that newsroom there, was like two days before I shot my first episode of The Resident, which at the time it was just one episode. Um, but for whatever reason, they kept weaving me into the storyline. So I ended up doing six episodes in season two and had so much fun meeting the different people, different cast members, the crew members. They've got a really, um, I'm a huge fan of the show. It's clearly a success as it continues yeah. getting picked up. And um, there is, there is kind of a sad end to this story as it pertains to the resident. Um, when I took the new, I'm fast forwarding here a little bit, but when I took my current job as a now morning news anchor uh, with the station here in Grand Rapids, I got asked to do another episode of the resident just last year. And I had to run it up the flagpole with corporate. And they said, no, they said, because oh. I have, I'm in a different position here. It's actually with the same company I was working for in Atlanta. 
Um, but because it's a different role and the contractual obligations, they very much own my image and they, oh, dang. they don't, they can't control the narrative of the resident. They can't control what my lines are. So they said, I mean, it was just a hard no. There was no negotiating. I told them, I said, this is a, this is a role that was established years ago. You know, this yeah. is, this yeah. and they, they weren't having it. So um, once this contract is up, you know, depending upon what, what life is throwing my direction at that time, maybe there's another opportunity to jump back in the mix, but um, anyway, I had a great, had a great time with the resident and, um, let's see. So that brings us to, uh, Atlanta, which is where I was when COVID-19 took over mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I, and I think you guys know a little bit about this, but, um, I don't know how in depth you want me to go. My wife and I, so we, we got married in October, 2019, a few months later, the pandemic hits, the world shuts down. We decided to renovate a camper van and just travel we didn't know what was going to happen with the world she actually resigned from her corporate job for ethical reasons the first week of june mm. two weeks later i found out that my department with nbc atlanta was being totally demolished they're just mm -hmm. just pulling the funding from it and so and, and our contract at our, our lease at our apartment was almost up so all of a sudden we are totally unburdened in atlanta we have lots of friends there and some family who we love very much but Again, the world was playing out in a way in which it's like, we don't have any reason to stay here. Let's do something fun. Let's, we had inherited yeah. this van yeah. from our uncle. So the renovation kicked into high gear and it's a very sort of lackluster job. We did not know what we were doing. We watched some YouTube videos and, you know, installed some, some lights very poorly. And it just, it's, it's a really rustic job that we did on this 2000. 40 Kano line, but it's awesome. It's got a bed in the back that folds up into a couch. So you can sit on the couch and look out the back or out the front. It's got a little kitchen that Whitney designed. That's got a five gallon water jug that pours into a, a collapsible sink. That's got a gray water tank beneath it. There's drawers for the dishes and for uh, food. There's a little, you know, rope lights that go along the, the edge inside there to make it cute. And it just, I didn't want to do it when she first pitched the idea to me. I was like, I don't want to live in a van. And she, <laughs> she's like, we're not living in a van. We are traveling in a van and we're living in all the awesome places that we visit. Yeah. And when she put it like that, I, I could not, I could not see any other path for us at that point. So <laughs> we went all in, we got some help from some, some friends in Metro Atlanta, some people who actually know some things about carpentry and as soon as our lease was up, we hit the road. We, that was August <clears throat> of 2020, we had no idea where we were going other than we wanted to go to national parks and we wanted to go out West. And mm -hmm. so we hit the ground. We, we went to Mammoth Cave National Park first in Kentucky. From there, we went basically due West to Colorado to visit with my buddy Rodney, who's a filmmaker, um, talk to him about some projects. And then we just kind of bounced all over the place. We ended up doing if I remember correctly, 20 national parks in 26 different states in wow. five months. So we we didn't stay anywhere too long. One of our favorite places, Sedona, Arizona, mm -hmm. we stayed there for mm. probably the longest. We were there about a week and a half just because we just loved hiking. It's just a- You just didn't want to leave. All the fields. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. didn't want to leave. Yeah. Matter of fact, that was one of two places where we visited and we thought, okay, we can stop here. We can, we can just try to find work here. We can- just slum it living out of the van or try to find a little apartment. Um, Sedona, fantastic place. 
I hear the energy in that area oh, is man. just like have you intent. been? No, I haven't, but I yeah. really want to go. That's on our bucket list to go out there. It is incredible. I don't whether you believe in vortices, these vortexes or not, there's something going on there that is mm-hmm. that is um just kind of magical and and mysterious. And we didn't we didn't fight, we didn't argue about one thing the whole time we were there. I mean, not that we argue regularly anyway, but couples get into it about stupid stuff. We didn't have we didn't have any issues there. Everything nice. was great. And plus, there were some kind of unusual things aligning there that just didn't make sense, but they happened. And so we just rolled with it. And it was a great experience. We will probably end up living in Sedona at some point. If, did you, did you see anything uh, in the sky extra <laughs> while you're out there? <laughs> uh, nothing. No phenomenons per yeah, se. Yeah, I hear that all the time in Arizona. There's always you see something in the sky yep. or you see something the UAPs that, or yeah. UFOs, yeah. 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 Oh, and I, I would believe anybody who says they see weird stuff in Sedona because it is such a high energy place. It's just it's just really unique. And there's beautiful hiking out there. And I would recommend it to anybody in the world. Go to Sedona. Even if you are you know handicapped and can't hike, just drive through that area and experience the views, experience the smells, everything that Sedona has to offer is wonderful. Enough about Sedona. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we, we, we did not stop in Sedona. We continued traveling and eventually, let's see, we were on the West Coast actually celebrating our honeymoon, our, not our honeymoon, our, our first anniversary um, when my agent called and said, there's a station in Grand Rapids, Michigan that's interested in you for the morning anchor job. Do you want to consider this? Mm. And the quick answer was no. Michigan is too far north. We're not. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we like warm weather. We don't want to live that far north where it's cold. Yeah. And didn't even really consider it, except for the fact that, for one reason or another, I, I've I like to take interviews, even if it's a hard no for me. I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. And mm-hmm. so I thought there there could be an opportunity here to. Um, let these people know about me and what we're doing. And then maybe in the future, there's a, an opening in a, a warmer part of the world that, that might be of interest to me. Um, and so I did the interview and I ended up loving all these people that I interviewed with. I, Cause I, I chatted with the co-anchor. I chatted with mm-hmm. the meteorologist. I, I chatted with the executive producer. I chatted with the news director, the GM, all these people, not only are they legitimately good people, but they were following our travels on social media. They were very Aww. much up to oh, speed cool. with what we were doing and embraced it and thought it was awesome. And were like cheering us on and asking about these different adventures we'd been on. And so I thought that, you know, what a neat thing that these people, um, they don't know me. I mean, they just had been told about me, Hey, this is an anchor candidate, look him up on Facebook. And mm-hmm. they, they thought it was so neat what we were doing. So that, that meant a lot to me. Um, and the, the interview process just, just went really well. So we detoured our, our adventure and, and headed north to, and it was a, a unique situation because Michigan was still very much shut down uh, during the pandemic at this point. Now we're to December, 2020. And um, uh, the station could not actually fly me in for an interview. They could only say, well, if you end up coming through town here, we'll get you a nice hotel maybe give you a, a, you know, a discount card to a restaurant or something. They hooked it up. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, it was a really good experience, despite the fact that it was like 10 degrees for the two days that we were here. Oh my gosh. Um, terribly cold. Uh, but again, 
had a good a good feeling about this place and the people that I'd be working with. And so fast forward to, I think it was actually New Year's Eve that year, 2020, that I, I got on the phone with the GM and I said, okay, with, there was a brief negotiation period that, that my, my agent takes care of. And, uh, and we settled and said, okay, I'll, I'll sign on for a few years and uh, be your morning anchor. So that was a little bittersweet because yay, I have this, this job that's going to you know, pay me a salary and we know what we're going to make for the next X number of years. But at the same time, the travels were about to conclude. And so mm-hmm. like, okay, let's, let's pack in whatever we want to. And we ended up spending the last bit of our travels down in Miami, Florida, which is where my, my wife is from. And that's the place to be in January, by the way. Michigan yeah, it's warm. <laughs> Avoid Michigan in January. If at all possible. <laughs> South Florida is fantastic. So we, we had a nice little uh, adventure with some warm weather and the beach going and all that before before driving Big Willie, that's the van's name, before driving Big Willie up to, to Michigan and uh, setting up shop, which brings us to today. Was that condensed enough? Are we yeah, that, was, that was great. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's the podcast. So thanks for, no. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're going to dive into all of this because we yeah, have so, so much, many questions. So much that I want to dive into and unpack with all that. Yeah. Okay. So first, let's go back to the news. Let's go back to your, uh, your, uh, because when I met you, you were gung ho into acting. Like you really wanted to get into acting. You wanted to be an actor. And I know that you were a news anchor for a while and in the news life. So what, um, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, but how has it been for um, like deadlines, like tight deadlines that you have to go through and the stress and how do you handle the stress of everything that you have to do and keep your stories uh, real and, and, you know, legit. Good question. Um, that is one of the tough factors in, in TV news is you're always working under the pressure of a deadline. Yeah. Um, the reporters have it the hardest you know, yeah. I got to admit anchoring is one of the easier things to do. People try to work up to this position. In most cases it, it pays more. It can be better hours, although it's not, if you're doing a morning show. Um, and so it's, what are your hours, by the way, what time do you, so hours, what time do you have to get up in the morning? Be at work. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, what time four, my alarm goes off. Three 30. Three, 2.30. 2.30. <laughs> oh. My alarm goes off at 2.30, again at 2.45. My shift starts at 3.15. So, so it's almost bedtime right now. <laughs> I know, right? In yeah. the afternoon when we're recording this. So what time do you do you actually go to sleep? Like, what's, your, what's your daily routine? I'm very curious. Oh my gosh, it changes. It changes every day. But um, I try, my phone automatically goes to silent at eight. So okay. only select people can get a hold of me past eight o'clock. Okay, um, the double call. Yeah, the double call. Yeah, you know how yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I try to lay down by nine thirty. Okay. So that would so then up at two thirty. So that's five five hours. Five-ish hours. Um, Oof. Is there I, naps I, that you take? Sometimes I take naps. Yeah, okay. I really tend to do best. And I don't know if it's an adrenaline boost in the morning or what it is, but I tend to do best with four to five hours of sleep. I know some people swear by eight hours of sleep. I've tried different mm-hmm. schedules through the years and four to five is prime for me. So <laughs> as bizarre as it is um, now, it never feels good waking up at two 30 in the morning. My, my wife is asleep. So I'm trying to be quiet, tiptoeing around the house, fixing breakfast mm-hmm. and trying to make myself look presentable. Um, two 30 is 
the worst part of the day for me when that alarm goes off. But once I get in the car and start driving, something kicks in. It's like, okay, I have to pay attention to what I'm doing now. I can turn the radio on and listen to music. And then when I get to work, it's great because Mm -hmm. I work with a a really wonderful team of producers and uh, journalists, you know, reporters and, and anchors who make life very easy for me. Once I get to work, um, you know, it's really a matter of discussing the way the show is stacked. So what comes first in the show, what comes last and what stories are most important? How much time are we dedicating to weather? Is that a big talker? Mm. Um, I imagine in Michigan it is. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of weather <laughs> going on. <laughs> no, studies show that most people tune in to the news to learn about the weather, at least morning news, that is. Mm-hmm. Most people like to watch the morning show so they can figure out how to dress for the day. Um, do they need their umbrella? So, so that is, that is oftentimes what we lead with is the weather. So, so yeah, once I get to work, it's, it's a breeze. It's, I don't want to say it's easy. I, I hate, I hate for people to think that. I mean, I've, I studied this and I've been doing this for a long time. So it, it's easy for me. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's joyful, I guess I would yeah. say it's, it's, it's something that I well, actually you're passionate enjoy. about it. You love it. You're passionate yeah. about it. And it's not work when, right, when yeah. you do something that's not work for you, then you're not working. You're just doing another day of something that you love. Right. Now, what has gotten hard and what is slowly causing trauma for me and for many journalists is the the news coverage that we're Mm -hmm. doing that that the news is not getting any happier on a daily basis. It's actually getting far worse. It seems like. Yeah. Um, And, you know, not to not to go into the, the news of the day right now, but um, there's a lot of sadness in the world and a lot of people struggling, be it from uh, COVID or from from violence or from just any number of things. And we have to talk about that. Yes. And so we have to make sure people are aware that this, this and this has happened. Now, I feel blessed to get to do a morning show because we don't typically lead off with the bad stuff, unless it's really something people need to know about. That's the evening news. They do that. The morning show mm. is more the lighthearted. Hey, we've got another cooking segment today. You know, we get to do the fun stuff. Yeah. And um, and but but there is an element of it that is that is depressing. And um, and that's tough to shake, especially with some of the stuff that's happened in recent weeks. It's just you don't get some of these images out of your mind. Um, furthermore, I'm the person delivering the message that, right. that this this uber sad news on a daily basis um so that that element of it isn't great um so so i've I've got a question about that because earlier you mentioned how people are less trusting of you guys Mm -hmm. now like you're just like you said you're just a messenger you're just trying to deliver the news and yet um you know the way that you deliver the news could be drastically different than the way the competing station delivers that same story or mm-hmm. you know like the just the little twist that you got uh, that the writers might put on it or however that works out how sure. are you making sure that you're reporting fairly and um bias free and just reporting the news rather than promoting an agenda we hold a lot of people accountable um mm-hmm. we you know, it's actually changing from the way that a lot of us learned in journalism school. You know, you you contact the, uh, the public information officer for the sheriff's department, and then you get the statement from them, and then you report it. That is not how we do it anymore, because mm-hmm. what we found is that the the public information officer or the, the media relations person or whatever for different companies, 
they are biased themselves. And so they're putting out mm -hmm. information to make their department look good. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily accurate. Now, we always want to attribute where we're getting the information, right? According to Sheriff such and such, this is happening. Um, we can kind of cover ourselves with that. But furthermore, we're, we're trying to, to ask questions, not just of the public information officers, but of the officers themselves, as it pertains to, to stories that involve police or sheriff's departments, asking um, victims questions, talking to families, talking to neighbors or people who might have witnessed something, you know, and, and obviously I'm, I'm referencing a lot of stuff that's going on in the world of mm -hmm. officer involved yeah. shootings, which is what we talk yeah, right. about on a, on a, a very regular basis. Um, but making sure that we're not just giving the facts as they're given to us, but that we're, we're really trying to hold certain people accountable by going out and about in the community and, and figuring out, are there other stories here? Is this only part of the truth? Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the unique things mm -hmm. about telling stories in a lot of cases. Now, there's some stories that are fun. There's a, there's a fair happening this weekend. I don't really have to do much digging to, to get some yeah, hard hitting to... news story about an upcoming fair, right. um, but there's going to be a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Ferris wheel. They're going to, they're going to have teddy bears that you can win. Um, but for some of the more impactful stories, there are very much two sides to the story. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of finding both sides, which is tricky. It, it's very right. tricky. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it takes days or weeks to get the story right, which is why I have so much respect for the reporters who are grinding away on a daily basis, because the reporters, they go in whatever time their shift starts. Um, there's different shifts throughout the day. Some people go in on my shift or around 3.15 in the morning. Other people go in, in the afternoon, but they go in um, with their story ideas and then they make the calls and then they go to the interviews and they get the footage and then they put it together and it's on the air by that evening by that yeah. night within an eight hour time frame they've done everything to tell a solid story if they're doing their job right they are telling both sides of the story um yeah. i don't have to do that anymore thankfully sometimes i have to report but i like i said i have kind of the easier job which is to oversee what the reporters are doing and then just be the deliverer of news for lack of a better term um, throughout the course of, in, in our case, it's a two and a half hour morning show. So it's a lot of talking. Um, but it's also, um, I take it, I take the job very seriously. And, uh, yeah, I don't even remember what the original question was here. We've, we've detailed uh, basically oh, well, how, how you balance yeah. being oh, and, a and factual, every, everything being factual. Yeah. Right? And not sure, mm -hmm. not yeah. putting your own biases and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, and bias I mean, I think bias is going to cre creep into to scripts, whether you want them to or not. What's mm -hmm. nice is to have a, a system of checks and balances in which it's not just person A writing a script and then putting it on the news. It usually goes through a few different channels. So um, for myself, for instance, I will write a script and then I will have our executive producer look at it. And our dude Brad in the morning is incredible. He was also a big selling point for me coming to the station because he knows what he's doing. And he is a fresh set of eyes on my script. So even though I think I've written it perfectly and everything's going to line up with the sound bites that I've got, he'll look at it and say, well, this is kind of opinionated if you, if you say it like that. So what if you reworded it like this? I, ah, thank you, Brad. That's why you have the job that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and actually he did this again recently. I put together a story about, uh, it was involving bank fraud and a local bank. It, it wasn't necessarily fraud, but anyway, they did not, the bank would not give me a statement. I kept reaching out. This woman claims that um, her money disappeared unfairly. 
Um, it was taken out of her accounts, yada, yada, yada. I got her interview. I needed to get the other side of the story. The bank just kept saying, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. said, well, if you guys don't talk about it, then I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. I kind of tried to scare him a little bit. I'll be honest. I had, I told him, I said, I'm going to do the story and I'm going to say such and such bank refused to comment, which by the way, that never looks good if the right. business refuses yeah. to comment. So we did the story, got permission from management. We did the story. And we didn't exactly say they refused to comment. They had given me um, a little bit of information to say, yeah, sometimes this happens depending upon what account you have. This is in the bylaws that you sign and so on. Um, Well, the day that we went to run the story, um, I had I had I come from a, a film background. Right. So I had added this fancy music in the background that was uber like the creepy is not the right word. It was. It was like, haunting. It was just like suspenseful. Like this, like suspenseful. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was like this little short film that I put together. And um, <laughs> I had a slow push into the bank logo. I go in the next morning, the, the morning the story was going to air. And, and Brad comes over and he says, hey, your, your story looks really good. Um, but you got to take that music out because that totally changes the tone. And he was right. I, I again, have, I'd looked at it so many times at that point that I just, I was adding a dramatic effect and everything. And it wouldn't have been fair to keep that in there because people would have watched that story and said, oh my gosh, we're never going to bank with this. this yeah. movie again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was not the goal. So, so we took the music out, which it wasn't nearly as exciting without the music, <laughs> but um, we told the story like that still got good reception. A lot of people clicked on it online. A lot of people saw it. Um, all of a sudden, the bank wanted to comment after we we ran. After you aired it, yeah. Said, oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, we'll make a comment. Here's what happened. This lady didn't actually give you the whole truth. So, why they didn't say that in the beginning, I don't know. Yeah, um, like they're but, saying that they're not doing something correct by omitting, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so long story short, yes, we try to hold people accountable. There's mm-hmm. a system of of checks and balances that goes into to each story to make sure that we're not showing our own bias. Um, nevertheless, there are people out there screaming fake news and that, that yeah. you can't trust what you see on TV. And I would encourage people to question everything they, they see on TV anyway. Question, question our reports, question the competition's reports. You really have to decide for yourself what, what you believe, you know, what, what is right, what is wrong, what is, what is factual. Um, and so, but yeah, to, to answer your question, a lot of effort goes into that. And there's constant training for us. We're, we're in the middle of a, another training session right now about um, some of this, about holding different groups accountable and how we can be better storytellers and be more fair um, and accurate just in our reporting in general. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. That's so, that's so important. And yeah. for, for me, like I have a hard time believing things that I see in mainstream media. Um, I just feel like as... American people, we are often less informed than we should be and that there's a lot of stuff hidden from us. And so it's great to hear that people like you are out there trying to give fair, truthful, Mm -hmm. double sided, you know, representation for every issue and and making sure you have those checks and balances. That's so important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I know that since then you have, you're not doing the resident anymore. Are you able to do any other acting while you're in Michigan? I'm not. So I got in a little bit of trouble last year. I, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do any acting. Okay. Um, Okay. And (laughs) what happened was I signed with a new agency when I got out here out of Detroit and I booked the first audition that I had. It was right around my 
my birthday last year. And I was really excited. I was again, typecast playing a sports reporter um, <laughs> for a car insurance. If it uh, works, it works. Keep going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It paid really well, which is what drew me to it originally. And so I auditioned and, um, and I booked the role and it was just a, it was a Detroit local commercial. So it was only going to air in Metro Detroit, which is nowhere near Grand Rapids. Um, so I wasn't worried about it. Well, that, that part of it was wrong. The, the agency or somebody, I still haven't determined who had messed that part up. It was not a Detroit local commercial. It was a statewide commercial. Mm. And so all of a sudden I'm showing up on a commercial on the competitor news stations out here. And oh that, boy. you know, this was within my first six months. They had just pumped all sorts of oh promos onto the air, promoting me as the new face of the morning show and all this. And all of a sudden I'm also appearing on Fox and CBS. And it was, it, it was, it just kind of blew up in my face. It wasn't my fault per se, because it was a miscommunication. Um, but, but corporate came to me, uh, Tegna is the name of the company I work for, whom I love. And, and they basically said, what, what happened here? How did this happen? And so I explained everything to them and, and they said, okay, well, you can't do that. Um, we're not going to fire you. Even though we could, we're not going to fire you. Well, um, that's good. But we, we need you to, to sign this thing. We can, we can have this over and done with saying that you understand your contract to the fullest extent and you will not do any on-camera work through the duration of your contract, mm. which is like, oh my God, this is, stab- this is, this is my happy place. Is being if you can't see that, Jay just stabbed himself in the heart. So, yeah. so yeah. sad. Yep. I acted, I acted like I was stabbing myself. I didn't actually stab myself in the heart. Okay. That's um, good. I mean, he's still, he's still talking. So yeah. So, <laughs> but the, the point being like, it's very, that is, very good actor. That's why oh, you, you believed it. Um, I ha- acting is, is kind of my, what I love the most. And, um, so to find out, you know, I had just signed this contract thinking I could do both of the things like I had been throughout my entire career and to find out that I cannot currently do the acting, at least not on camera, um, was a little heartbreaking, but I also, I also get it from their perspective. They want me to be viewed as a credible source of information. Mm. Um, they, as we talked about earlier, they can't control scripts. Exactly. They can't control the scripts. They can't control the content. Now I'm told I can still do theater if I want to, to do stuff in that world. I can do voiceover if mm-hmm. those opportunities ever come my way. Um, I can do podcasts, you know, talking about <laughs> stuff that's mm-hmm. happening in my life. Um, and I can produce, mm-hmm. which which has created some fun opportunities for me. Um, currently trying to, to take the next appropriate steps forward with a film called Fake News Movie, which it's so funny that oh. it's called that because of what we've been talking about. Yeah, here. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is not a right wing touting fake news spewing movie. It's actually about um, uh, it's as if you're watching a cable news station on the day aliens arrive. It takes place during the Clinton administration in the year 2000. It's a great script written by a guy named Jeffrey Michael Bayes out of Missouri. Um, And this was an award winning radio show years ago that he adapted into a a screenplay. So I jumped on board with this a few years ago. he was looking for a Bill Clinton impersonator and I can do a Bill Clinton impersonation. And so I auditioned or I sent in my, my resume and headshot and he responded. He's like, you don't look anything like Bill Clinton, and I said, oh, but I can do, I can do the voice. I didn't know if that was can, what you were going can for. We, can we hear the voice? I know. I, we, like we, I'm we, so yeah. curious now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. And then about a week or so later, he said, 
In fact, I did have sexual relations with that woman and it was inappropriate. Something, something, something. I don't remember. <laughs> that was really good. Brilliant. Not bad. Bravo, um, bravo. That's the one. That's the one mm-hmm. accent I can do. Yeah. Impersonation. So, but he told me, he's like, you don't, you don't look like the guy. I need somebody who looks like him. Um, but I see that you have a, a history in TV news. Would you be interested in helping me produce this? And then I think there's a better acting role. So he ended up casting me as uh, a White House news correspondent in the film, which we shot years ago. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, you know, kind of helped him piece together the rest of it since then. We actually shot por- a portion of it in Atlanta. We shot two two key scenes in Atlanta when I was there. Um, and now we're just trying to get funding. I mean, it's yeah. the hardest thing in the world is to get mm-hmm. funding to finish the project. Yeah. Um, so if anybody watching or listening to this would like to take on an extremely risky endeavor, which is investing in a feature film, there's a lot of money to be made. Yes. Yeah. There mm-hmm. always is. There's there always is money to be lost too, if, if nothing happens with the project. But I believe in this project, which is why I've stayed attached to it. So that's one of the projects I'm producing right now and thoroughly enjoy that process of just talking to people, pitching to people, trying to get people on board and um, just trying to find my way as a producer. I don't know much about producing, but I'm learning as I go. Yeah, well, and that's, that's, the, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I'm super intrigued by this and I'm very looking forward to when you finish this project because the concept of that, it just sounds great. It sounds so uh, cool. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in uh, aliens and all of that stuff. And oh, me too. I mean, it, it's been in the news. I, people aren't paying attention. I think the news is so crazy these days that like when the news is actually reporting on UFOs and they're like, UFOs, whatever, like, that's just like, like old news back in the 60s. Yeah, like, like, it's just what, <laughs> yeah. what else is going to happen in our world? But like literally like we're talking about life from other planets visiting Earth and people aren't getting excited about yeah. this. And I don't understand why. So the fact that you're making a movie about that and calling it fake news is so perfect because that's I feel like that's the temperature of everything that's happening in our world today yeah yeah the kicker there is the term fake news is triggering for a lot of people these days especially people in in the world of media um Mm -hmm. so we've had recent conversations about should we reconsider the name because we we don't want the name the title of the film to be a turnoff because it's actually a well thought out uh script that deals with corporate greed and manipulation as it pertains to tv news Mm -hmm. um it's just a well thought out script. And I think it, 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 it's hitting at a time when, when it makes a lot of sense, it's very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, so those- I think the title is great. If, yeah, if no, that, okay. if that, it, you know, I, my opinion obviously is the most important, but, Clearly. uh, uh <laughs> you know, if, if you want some good unbiased general population opinion, I think it's perfect. And I think it'll hit real, real well. We'll definitely watch it and give you like, all of the all of the recommendations and, yep. and the the view and everything that we need. Awesome. <laughs> you heard it here on Reimagine Success. Go go support this movie when it comes out and support it before it comes out so they can finish it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and now going back to your road trip, I know you just got married at this point. Um, you know, you're newlyweds, sold everything, like literally sold everything, right, Jay? Like you sold your furniture and we floor. sold just about everything. Okay. A chunk of it, like um, we had some some art, you know, some wall hangings and stuff that we we really loved that people didn't want to buy them. We couldn't give them away. Mm-hmm. So like, well, we'll just put them in storage. So 
we had a small storage unit while we were traveling that we kept okay. a few, but yeah, we did get rid of all our furniture and everything except for, I don't know, a couple dozen things that we came back for. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that itself, I mean, it, it's cleansing in a way, you oh, know, yeah. was it, it, it was like liberating you, you are having to live out of what one drawer in, in the van, Basically, like that's, yep. that's all the clothes you had. Um, so yeah. what did you learn about yourself? You were traveling for how long? Five months total? Five months. Yeah. We, we had figured based on some conversations we had with people who've done this before, of which there are quite a few out there. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we felt like we had enough money to live, uh, off of the, you know, off the grid, so to right. speak for six months. Now, because the job opportunity came when it did, it, it got cut a little bit short to about five months, but, um, I learned a lot of things. I learned that the, the West in this country is so massive. You can just drive and drive and drive and not yeah. even scratch the surface of what there is to see out there. Utah, mm. incredible. So much good stuff to do out there. Arizona, New Mexico. I mean, there's just some really beautiful, beautiful places out there. I also learned um, I can live with very little. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I, we, I, I speak for my wife as well, but just because I know that she got lit up by the whole, the whole process. Um, we had the time of our life out there and we would go, you know, if I'm being honest, we would go days without showering sometimes. Now we were mm -hmm. brushing our teeth each night. We had that sort of stuff, but um we we were living a very different lifestyle than what we've lived our entire lives and it's um it's pretty liberating to do that especially yeah. when you consider the van of which there are you know plenty of pictures on social media for anybody who's, who's interested in seeing big willie this is not a camper that you can stand up in this is this, this is, is a, a van. van it's a van yeah it's a van yeah i couldn't even stand up to put my pants on in the morning i had to like bend over and uh it was it was tricky business you learn how to do certain things in a small a small space um but it was great i mean it, it actually because that happened within our first year of marriage it put us in such close quarters with each other that it was either going to go north or south like right. we were either going to survive this trip or we were going to end it and say, ah, you know, I, I can't stand you. Um, mm -hmm. which in a lot of people, a lot of our close friends said, are you sure you want to live in a van with this person <laughs> that you just married that you've only known for a couple of years? Cause we got, we got engaged within our first year of, of meeting. Um, and we said, yeah, we wanted to do it. And, yeah. and so I think, I think it brought us closer together, just being under the same tiny little van roof there for so long. Um, plus, you know, just, just the opportunity to travel to new places, eat in new restaurants. Now, admittedly, we could have done it for much, much cheaper than we did. There were, there were plenty of days when we had food to cook for dinner, but we were just too tired. So was, nah, let's just go to this let's restaurant. Just go, let, dinner. Let's just yeah, go. Let's, yeah. Let somebody else cook for us. Yeah. Um, or we would, you know, one of the fun things I've shown you how the, the, the bed turns into a couch and it's, of course it's got the back doors. So we would go to drive in movies and we would open the back and we would sit on the couch looking out the back and prop our feet up on the table that comes out from the back. So we did some kind of extravagant things that you don't have to do in this life, but mm -hmm. it made it fun. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you, I feel like you should rephrase that too. Things that you have to do in this life. Like I feel like we need to do it all. Um, you know, Jesse and I, we have matching tattoos. That's all the things, mm -hmm. which is all the things in the entire world, all the things in our relationship, all the things 
I feel like everyone should experience all of those things, whether yeah. it's going out to eat at a restaurant or a nice restaurant or going to a drive-in movie and just chilling in the back of your van and a couch. Like no one really gets to do that. So sure. those are the things that you should be doing. Those yeah. are the, the experiences that you will remember and that you will say when you get older, like, Hey, we did this. We went and traveled through it in a van. Like it's so cool. 100%. And I'm glad you said that because as you guys know, 2020 was tough for a lot of people. Like yeah. people, mm -hmm. people lost their jobs, you know, people lost family members. Yep. Um, we, we kind of embraced the craziness of it and, and hit the road. Now we were careful. We, we were still, it's funny. Our, our parents were kind of concerned about it at first because of the social distancing that we we're hearing about and mask wearing and all this. And we mm -hmm. said, we're leaving Atlanta where everybody's packed into the same, yeah. you know, you know, mm -hmm. we would walk in Meyer and people are, are not Meyer. What are there Meyer grocery stores? Kroger. There? Kroger. 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 Kroger down yeah. there. We have Meyer up here. Yeah. We walk into Kroger or, or different, you know, Walmart or whatever. And, and there's just people roaming the, the, the halls there, or the aisles with, with or without their masks on and said, we may actually be safer leaving this area right now. Yeah. And of course being you in a band by yourself, being in a band by yourself. And then when we're out hiking, very rarely did we cross paths with other people. Occasionally mm -hmm. we'd see somebody, but we're outside. We're not standing in close quarters with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we made the most of year one of the pandemic and, um, and never looked back. And it was, yeah. Like I said, we had the, the time of our lives. We ended up spending, for anybody who's interested, I think we spent about just over 10 grand um, for five months. But that's- oh, wow. That's pretty that's good. Everything. Yeah. And that's Big insane. Willie, Big yeah. Willie's when, a gas guzzler too. That was constantly- When I thought you were like, we were doing stuff extravagant. I was like thinking- $50,000. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no. And like I said, that's with going out to eat a couple few nights a week. That's with going to the movies. That's with buying, yeah. you know, sweatshirts and knickknacks at random places. Now, obviously yeah. we didn't have a lot of room to just keep buying things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. And we did, you know, we did, we were at the mercy of some friends a couple of times. We had just talked to people said, Hey, we're going to be traveling through. A lot of people kind of followed our adventure online. So mm -hmm. I said, Hey, when you're traveling through this area, make sure you look us up. So we did um, take advantage of that. And we, we stayed with some friends in a couple of different places, Colorado, New Mexico, Northwest Arkansas, you know, people would just give us their spare bedroom for a couple of days and we could, you know, take a real shower, <laughs> take a real shower. You know what we did for showers? This was, this was genius. I, I feel. And this was my, my wife's idea as well. We had a black card membership to planet fitness. And so oh, yeah. there's a planet fitness in just Everywhere. about every major yeah. town in the country. So we just go through, did we work out? Hell no. We just went <laughs> to the bathroom, just got a nice shower and got dressed for, you know, a date on the town or whatever. And then it's worth then, $10 a month. Yeah. And, and many of them are 24 seven, we could go and, and some mm -hmm. of them even let us park in the parking lot overnight. So we, you know, we could do our, our night rest there and still had access to a bathroom in the middle of the night, which was nice. Um, so yeah, <laughs> shout out to planet fitness for letting us do all that. No, that's awesome. I, my parents just retired this last summer and yeah, nice. um, or at the beginning of the summer. And so they took off in an RV, real nice, brand new RV. They, they a traded little their different old than one. big Willie. Yeah. They, but, but it's funny. Cause you mentioned, you know, that you were freshly married. People are like, are you sure, you know, you want to go out and test your marriage. My parents have been married 
like 20 something yeah. years now. And we're looking at them like, are you sure you want to <laughs> go out and be in a confined space? And they've got so a big it doesn't RV. matter. It doesn't matter if you're newlyweds, if you're been married for 25 years, everybody's still going to question you. Are you sure? Like uh, for <laughs> us, that would be ideal. Like uh, we, we spend 24 hours a day, every day together doing we work lit, together. We, work we, together. we yeah. do all of our creative stuff together. Yeah. We literally do everything together. And we're trying to find like, oh, how can we spend more time together <laughs> doing things? And so the idea of just like packing it all up and going on a road trip across the country sounds amazing if i didn't have kids i know uh we we'd be out on the road right now just living it up in spain portugal yeah belize i don't know plan for it later in life it's never too late to go out and do that oh yeah we're we definitely are we we have the adventurer spirit and as soon as we are a little bit more free uh we will be out there doing this podcast from the road and hey if the price is right Big Willie can be yours. No, yeah. hey. you're selling I it. Talk, I have to talk to my wife about this first. Um, but uh, yeah, since we have a baby on the way, I don't know oh, if you knew this. Congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yay, parenthood coming oh. up. Um, congratulations. We're... And I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Your yeah, that's the general for sentiment. A minute. For um, a minute. For a minute. You'll come Big back Willie, to that. Big Willie was not built with a third person in mind. So mm. there is only the two front seats and then the bed couch, that, yeah. bed couch in, the, in yeah. the back. So we could, I think, do some necessary repairs to install a safe enough place for a child to sit. But yeah. that's, I don't Why see that happening. Yeah, I don't think that happen. <laughs> well, congratulations again. That's Thank awesome. You. That's awesome. How, how far along are you guys? Uh, seven months. So do oh, in so- September. Okay. Nice. So do you know what it is yet? Are you girl we boy? Not, uh, we do you- not know any specifics. Okay. We're, we're, we're waiting to be surprised. Okay. Um, matter of fact, we have told my, uh, um, the, the people planning our, our, uh, baby showers in the near future, we don't want to play any like gender games or anything yeah. because yeah. we just, we're trying to avoid all that. Also, we're hoping that by not knowing we avoid getting, uh, a blue sailor outfit or a yeah. dress and you know we'll just get gender neutral just yellow yeah, yellow yellow greens yeah. greens, greens and blues I earth love it. tones all of purples. the purples yeah <laughs> rainbow yeah so apparently you and i have something yeah. deeply in deeply common. in common um oh, really? we're both yeah huge connoisseurs of fun socks yeah yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, d- so what is your favorite pair of socks that you currently own? And uh, th- we need oh a gosh. good description of yeah. these socks. And if you guys don't know, you need to go to Jay's Instagram page and look at all of his fun socks. I have some uh, blue and orange striped Ooh. ones on right now. Very nice. I'm, um, I'm, I'm barefoot right now. Otherwise, I'd show my fun socks. Uh, he's- so Melissa got me for Father's Day uh, this awesome pair of uh, socks that have an alien and a UFO. And it says, I believe on it. And I just That's I love those. Uh, all, all my favorite socks are space themed. I've got another one that's got, you know, some planets on it. Another yeah. one that's got like the eye nebula. Uh, so I, I, my, my parents that I just was talking about, they actually own their own sock business. And um, so they, it's all kinds so of cool. Socks. They live down in Milton, cool. Florida. And so they, in some of the local stores, they do, they have their sock display and then they go around the country and they do all these different festivals and fairs and mm-hmm. sort of thing and sell their socks. And it's yeah. just a really fun business for them. And it's, it's going to be their retirement plan. It's just selling socks. And it's so cool. I love that. Nobody's ever asked me this before. I have a favorite <laughs> pair of socks. I mean, 
I have so many colorful, crazy socks. I, it's it's tough to it's tough to think of a favorite pair. The, the one that comes to mind, oddly enough, is a pair that I've had for a long time, and they are red. They're bright red with little blue and white. Well, not blue. They're just with little navy. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. It's a it's a type of uh, design on garments where it's like a swirl. And then there's a piece that comes off the side. Like a paisley? Like a paisley. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's yeah. got little blue paisley spots on it. And it's nothing special per se, but I've had it for a long time. And every time it comes to the washer and dryer and I can find its brother right there. Mm. And I'm like, there's still no holes in these socks. I cannot <laughs> believe how, pair, how long this pair of so socks has lasted. Because, you know, you get some pairs of socks, they look great. But after a couple washes, they're done for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, my, my tried and true red with blue paisley are some of my favorites, I guess. So let me ask you this because I'm very much this way. Uh, when you're deciding on your outfit, do you think about your socks first Matching? and then or... the rest of your outfit? Or do you think about the rest of your outfit and then what socks will go with that? Because I personally, I think about my socks pretty early <laughs> in the decision making process. That is so funny. It really does. Um, I used to, I used to base outfits around my socks. I do not anymore. Actually, um, my co-anchor Meredith and I, we, we text each other first thing in the morning. So if she texts me first, she'll say what color scheme she's going to go with that day. If I text her first, it's whatever color scheme I'm going to go with. So oftentimes she's texting me first, say, Hey, I'm going to wear purple today or whatever. So really, even though you can see my socks in some of the shots on the morning show, for the most part, 90% of the time, you just see from, you know, the top of the desk mm -hmm. to the top of my head. So um, the color coordinating comes in more of the, the pocket square and the tie. Mm. Um, and actually at this point, I don't try to match. Occasionally I'll try to match my socks to the, the you know, the accoutrements or whatever up, up here. Mm -hmm. um, but not not as of recently i'll just wear whatever i actually have, have gone for contrasting colors recently just for the the to segment make it fun. yeah just to make it fun for when we're at the couch set as they call it when we're sitting on the couch and i can cross my legs then you can really see mm -hmm. the socks and they're catching on people are, are starting to to realize and matter of fact the guy messaged me on social media the other day said where do you get your socks i love your <laughs> socks and the time i said actually most of them come in the form of gifts i i haven't had to buy socks in quite a while Ooh, um, cool so we know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah. Same, same for me. It's great. Every Christmas, my parents, uh, they take us all to their shop. Uh, and then they're like, all right, pick out socks. Pick and out socks. Yes, it's my favorite. That's part. fantastic. Um, it, it, so it's funny because like I'm a musician and, you know, I, I play rock concerts or that sort of thing. You never see my socks. I wear skinny jeans, uh, you know, and shoes that come up to the skinny jeans. And even though I cuff my jeans, I don't cuff them high enough to see my socks. But cuff them higher. <laughs> Yeah, I, I should, honestly. But like for me, it doesn't matter. Like if you're seeing my socks, if I know that I'm rocking an awesome, like if, I, if I'm wearing my Thor socks, you know, that just have Thor, the God of Thunder, you know, on the sock, nobody's going to see it. But I just feel confident as all get out just because I know I'm rocking an awesome pair of socks. It allows you to hold your head a little higher to have, it does. have a fancy pair of socks. On. socks. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. That's awesome. Well, this is our favorite part of the podcast, and it is to share your recent success stories, big or small, doesn't matter. Um, what are you excited about? What do you want to share with our listeners um, that you are you want to celebrate today? As in a recent success that I've had for myself? Yes. Mm -hmm. Big or small? Big or small. <clears throat> 
Oh boy. The baby, um, of course. Let's let's just say that first. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that, that that's a that's a huge you know, and that was a, a goal in, in life is to at one point hopefully have the opportunity to be a father. So we're we're just a few months out from that. That's a that's a massive success yeah, that I'm, I'm terrified and 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 thrilled about all at the same time. Um you know, there, there is something that, that I was thinking about earlier today. So I covered a story last year. Uh, it was a first ever music festival held out here. Um, the inaugural Smiling Acres Music Festival held here in West Michigan last year. A friend told me about it. So we covered it for the news, said, hey, this is happening this weekend. I go to the event. My wife was actually in Florida that week uh, visiting her mom. So I went with my buddy, Corey, and we had the time of our lives listening to different local and regional bands um, and just living the music festival experience. I met the, uh, the people who run the show out there last year. Fast forward to this year, um, I've become really good friends with, with the people involved with this, this production of this music festival. And I got to be one of the MCs at the event this year. And my wife actually taught her movement class, which involves uh, yoga and stretching and dance. Um, so she was one of the, the workshop leaders and I was one of the MCs and that felt like a, a great success because again, I didn't know anything about it last year. We're just covering it for the news because mm-hmm. it's a local event. So mm-hmm. within one year, we got to know these people well enough to now we're actually kind of part of the act. And so that felt really good. It was just this past weekend, just a couple of days ago. Nice. And, um, and it was a massive success again from all, um, from all appearances. And, uh, so yeah, it's, you know weekly there are things that i get to do through tv news that um that that bring me joy whether or not anybody else would call it a success i consider them small successes and sometimes it's just meeting people or getting to have a conversation with somebody and help you know help them tell their story whatever it is yeah. um or like i said getting to mc an event that we covered on the news last year felt good that's really cool i mean it's cool that you make relationships that you can go into different parts of your, of your lives. Like, you know, on the podcast, we meet so many people from all different walks of life. And if we can send them a client or, you know, send them some business or, you know, or vice versa, it's just, that's what makes our day. Right. Yeah. It's it's so much fun to do different stuff like that. It's cool that you're getting involved in your local community in such a big way. And and really like making an impact there. And that's what we love. We love to see people who have great attitudes mm-hmm. and great personalities and just are good humans, just trying to make good things happen make in the world. Make positive choices and make the world a better place. Amen. Yes. Yep. Um, so now, Jay, where can our listeners find you? Uh, social media? Yeah, where can they see those beautiful socks? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the socks are definitely, um, definitely posted up on a weekly basis on instagram and facebook i don't use my twitter that much although i'm trying to get back in the groove with it um but it's just jay plyburn so my name um and that's j-a-y j-a-y p-l-y-b-u-r-n i like to tell people who are confused by my last name it's like plywood burning fly burn it's not that complicated it's actually a misspelling the the last name a few generations back was Ply Bun, B-O-N, but it was misspelled on my great-grandfather's birth certificate and it stuck. So <laughs> same thing happened to my last name. We were supposed to be Beyond Doe, uh, but they misspelled it at Ellis Island. So now we're Beyond D, which I like with an, better. With an so. I. I like, I like Beyond D better too. Yeah. Very special. 
it's like James Bond, <laughs> Biondi. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very awesome. Um, and what um, final advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the news? They want to be a newscaster, anchor, or anything that um, they want to change careers maybe a little bit later in life and do something like this. Woo! <laughs> Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. That, that was terrible advice. Um, no, I think work hard. <laughs> I think that I, I think that the the key in this line of work um, is to we talked about this a little bit ago. Um, don't settle for the answers that one person gives you. Don't don't settle for what somebody presents as facts. You you really have to do your due diligence if you're going to tell a good story then put some time and effort into it. And I get it for a lot of reporters, they don't have a lot of time, but if you have the right contacts and you ask the right questions, you can still tell a well-balanced story. So I guess my, my advice would be, um, don't, don't stop grinding when it comes to the storytelling. Make sure you get all the information. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, it's a ton of information to dig through. It's, it's tedious to try and dig through you know, minutes, sometimes hours of interviews in order to get the information that you need to tell the story right. But for anybody who who really wants to do this with their life, I would tell them it, it's not easy. I, I think a lot of the movies kind of portray uh, news anchors as this this glamorous line of work. It is not. Um, it's, it's a tough line of work in journalism in general. And um, um, you really just got to you really just got to hustle and grind in order to, in order to survive in the industry and actually tell good stories. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Great advice. You've been so amazing, Jay. Yeah, this has been so much fun. We we've just enjoyed everything that you've talked about, especially your trip, just leaving and selling everything and just doing what you guys want to do. I want experiencing life. I want someone to take that away and say, you know what? If there's something that you want to do in life and you're scared or you're feel fearful. Just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Just go for it because something sure. amazing can come out of it. And I mean, look at you now. You're up in Michigan. You're doing big things. Um, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of Thank where you. you have come from. And, you know, you'll get back into acting. I know you will when you're mm-hmm. ready, when it's time. Um, just, you know, keep doing exactly what the universe is giving you. So just Thank keep you. going. <laughs> and on that front, I would give people that advice as well. Yeah. If you've ever thought about hitting the road and, and doing a, you know, a, a trip out West or just even just a, you know, a weekend long visit, I think a lot of people are held back by the idea of we don't have enough finances or, mm-hmm. you know, we've got the kids to think about. We met all of these people on the road that travel with their children. They work remotely or we met people who really don't have much money, but they're making it work. They'll pick up odds and ends jobs as they travel it can be done. Mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity to travel, just, just do it. It's just so, it. so rewarding. Love it. Yeah, Love that's it so, so great. much. Well, we are going to get you back on because we're going to talk about the movie. Yep. Um, as and, soon as it's done, we're, you know, yeah, you're coming back on. Yeah, you're coming back on. You're going to talk about it. We're going to promote it. Sounds great. You know, yeah. and, um, and talk about everything that you're, you're going to be coming up into and all the adventures that you're going to have in the future. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. This has been very fun. Yes, it's been awesome. Thanks for being on. And uh, we'll talk to you soon for sure. Thanks so much. Bye. Wow. Now that was fun. That was fun. He's such a great guy. I really enjoyed that. I know. Well, I knew you guys would get along because of the socks. Yeah, the socks. And uh, (laughs) clearly he shares the same views on aliens. (laughs) He's my new bestie.
Oh, that's too funny. But I am real excited about the connections and the platform that we're building here on Reimagine Success. I just want all of you guys to know that you are our family, you are a team. And if there is any anyone, any guest that ever comes on and you feel like that you want to make a connection, then we want you to be open and be able to make that connection. Yeah, reach out. Reach out to us, reach out to them. Um, everyone that we talk to and everyone that we bring on, they're very open-minded. They're like us and we just all want to help the world. We want to make the world a better place and make a difference. Yeah. So if you, if you connected with anything that Jay said today mm -hmm. and, or want more information about something, feel free to send him a message, send us a message and we'll pass it on and try to get answers for you. Um, we, we are in the, the business of connecting people. Yeah. That's one of our biggest passions is just yeah. making connections between people and, and seeing this world come together in community, in real community. Cause that's one thing we're missing these days mm -hmm. is people really getting together and being a community and having each other's backs and, and doing things that further other people, instead of just worrying about your own kingdom and your right. own world, like get outside of your own bubble and see what you could do for other people. And it'll come back to you, right? The more you give, the more you'll get. That's exactly right. And for all of those that don't know, we are producing podcasts. So if you go to www creativeglobalpodcasting.com. You can see some wonderful details there or hit us up, um, reach out to us. But if you are interested in sharing your voice, if there's something that you uh, want to share with the world, if you want to get your product seen, if, if you, uh, any of those, if you've ever thought about creating a podcast, reach out. We do custom music. We want to make it custom to you. Yeah. And, and a thing a lot of people don't realize is podcasting, it, it, it can be complicated. Yeah. It can be very complicated. A lot of people are like, Oh, I'm a good talker. I can talk all day. So let me do a podcast, but then they don't know all the technical side of it yeah. and what you need to actually the accomplish flow, this and, else. and you know, how to be so, uh, a host it, mm -hmm. it's one thing to be able to talk but to be able to host and to carry on with guests and that sort of thing like it takes a team and mm -hmm. we want to help people do that and to have their voice heard and to get their message out there because frankly there's a lot of people with a lot of really great things to say and yeah. they just don't have the platform to say it and podcasting is an amazing way to do that and we want to help produce your podcast so let us know if that's something you're interested in send us a message on reimagine success you can email us at info at creative global entertainment.com. You can send us a message at creative global podcasting mm -hmm. on all the social media platforms, yep. wherever you want to hit us up. We'll see the message and we'll, we'll help Even the you website. Out. There's a chat function right there on the website. So definitely hit us up. Let us know. Word of mouth is so great. You guys like word of mouth. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends, your family, um, your relatives, your, your coworkers, just share it with everyone that, you know, and let them know that there's a podcast out there that shares success stories that, and redefining what success looks like. Yeah. Give us good ratings on iTunes, Facebook, all the places that you might be consuming this podcast. Be, be sure to leave a rating that helps us get the word yeah. out about this podcast. 
And if you're the type of person that prefers a video podcast, like if you were really want to know what Jay socks looked like today when he was pulling yeah. them up for us or to see the acting with the knife dagger. Yeah. You, you missed a lot of the visual stuff. If you're just listening to this podcast on your normal listening player. So uh, head over to creative global, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash creative global and register for only $5 a month. Yeah. You can get video podcasts ad free. So if you're listening to this, you heard an ad at the beginning, the middle, and there's one at the end. If you don't like ads, come get our ad-free video version mm-hmm. on our website and, and on, on our Patreon. And we'd love to have you over there getting all the bonus content. Yeah, you know, it, and it it supports us and it it helps us support you guys to give you content, to give you content weekly. Every Thursday, we come out with a, a new podcast for you guys, a new guest that we're bringing on. And we just want to create content that motivates and inspires you, um, just like that our guests do for us every single week. And we love you guys. We are so appreciative of you and how you're with our journey and how you're with us. Um, and we just are so thankful for you guys. Yeah, it's it's always great being able to be hosts of this podcast and just getting to talk to you guys every single week. So with that, this has been a Creative Global Podcasting production. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore. And don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginedsuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. Head over to patreon.com slash creativeglobal for bonus and behind-the-scenes content. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginedsuccesspod.com or your favorite podcast streaming platform. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.